In this edition of Locked On Capitals, the Washington Capitals fall to the New York Islanders by a score of 5-1. to one. Yes, the Capitals have dropped three in a row. Is it time to put your hand on the panic button? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find Locked On Capitals on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. Well, that was not the outcome that we were looking for tonight, was it? The Capitals fall to the New York Islanders by a score of 5-1. to one. You think they would have learned something from the game that they played earlier in the week, but they went and did it again. We'll talk about that tonight. We will talk about the play of the defense and the netminding. Yeah, it wasn't just the fault of only the netminders, but we will talk about what was at fault. And then we will talk about the game ahead against the Rangers. All right, to, to start it off here, just talking about the game tonight. Like I said, there is no reason that the Capitals should not have won this game. And you think that they were to learn something from the previous game, but they didn't. This was a trap game part two, and this is three in a row at the just the wrong time of year. The Capitals are going to be starting the playoffs soon here, and they're not playing that great. And where do they turn, and how do they fix these problems that are going on in this team? They only found a way to score one goal in the game tonight. That is not acceptable, and you want to know what else isn't acceptable is the play of Vitek Vanacek. You know, they cannot decide what netminder they're going to have start. And for good reason, they're getting inconsistency out of all the netminders that they have out there. Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek have been indecisive and inconsistent. Tonight, Vitek Vanacek made 21 saves on 26 shots. That's good for a .808 save percentage. And I don't want to say that this is uh, sits squarely on his shoulders, uh, but I mean, he's, there were some soft goals that were allowed and by a score of five to one, those weren't all tough saves. So where did the Capitals turn in net now? It's really a tough situation for them to be in. They went with Ilya Samsonov and they got a poor result. So they go to Vitek Vanacek and they get another poor result. Where do they turn to? I think they need to make a call to Hershey and give Zach Fukali his shot. At this point, what do they have to lose except you know, nothing. They have nothing to lose. They have everything to gain. If Fukali comes in, plays lights out hockey. If you look at how Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek have played the entire season, there is no reason to feel that they're going to be able to turn it around and turn into Superman and turn into Braden Holpe and Philip Grubauer of 2018. It's just not the script this year. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered on this team if uh, net minding on the Capitals falters in the playoffs. Why didn't they try to do something else? A lot of people are going to point fingers at Brian McClellan and say, Brian McClellan, why didn't you do something at the trade deadline? His excuse was there was no options. It was just Andre Fleury and he didn't want to come up to this team. 
that's not going to be good enough. And he's going to have to answer to Ted Leonsis and Dick Patrick. And, and just he's going to have to explain himself on why he didn't do anything. And they're also going to have to explain Peter Laviolette. Why didn't you make changes earlier? Why didn't you put in a recommendation that, you know, they should have a different goalie come up because it's been inconsistent the entire season. I've talked about it in this podcast, going all the way back to last summer. And it just seems like something that has not been addressed. But like I say, it's not just, it doesn't fit squarely, uh, on his shoulders, on the netminder's shoulders. I mean, they're having defensive issues in front of them, and I would say that Alex Ovechkin's absence is noticed. I think to a certain extent they're getting kind of psyched out out there, knowing that their captain's not playing out there. And uh, it's just, there, there's a feeling of unease out there tonight. So the Capitals, you know, in the post-game presser, you know, the big question is, is what do they do with Alex Ovechkin? The big question ahead of tomorrow's game is Alex Ovechkin going to be in. The Caps captain skated this morning, but missed his second game in a row with an upper body injury. Last year, he returned from injury for the regular season finale. So that's an interesting question to pose. Should the Washington Capitals have Alex Ovechkin play? Um, I would tend to think that they should sit him. I know that Alex is chasing that goal scoring uh, title, but this isn't the right place. What we need from Alex right now is to be well-rested and ready to go for the playoffs because if he's not rested and he's not able to play in the playoffs, it could be curtains for this Washington Capitals team, and they are going to be setting up tea time on their favorite golf course here soon. So there are a lot of issues that abound Anthony Mantha on the game tonight. On moving forward, we need to have a great game tomorrow against the Rangers just for the confidence level, for ourselves heading into the playoffs. Just finish with a strong game, and that is going to help us. He went on to say on losing two in a row, Maybe we thought it was going to be easy, but playing them, it is never easy. I just think we didn't work hard enough in front of our net, and we didn't get those second chances. And it just seemed like, you know, I hate to keep using the the phrase and the cliche of a trap game, but it is exactly what it felt like. Because how come this Capitals team found a way to beat the Colorado Avalanche? How come they found a way to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Boston Bruins? These were all tough opponents that the Washington Capitals found a way to beat, but they can't beat the Islanders. How is that possible? I know some people are saying, well, it's Barry Trotz. He knows all the ins and outs. That's that's total nonsense. It's a lot of different players on the team, and it's a totally different coaching system. But I will say that I think that Barry Trotz is relishing in the fact that he took two from his former team. Um, But, I mean, you can't sit there and think about that. You have to think about what is next. And what is next is the New York Rangers. They play a tough defensive game. They have a Vesna Trophy candidate in the form of Shesterkin in net. So if they thought they had a hard time scoring goals against Varlamov tonight, wait till they face Shesterkin. It's going to be an interesting game because if they can find a way to beat the New York Rangers, well, then I guess that kind of erases some of the last two games here. But if they end up losing, I don't know. How are you going to have a positive outlook going into that game uh, when you're starting in the playoffs, whether it's the Panthers um, or it's the Rangers? I mean, it's just going to be you're kind of in a hole already. And I think that mentally kind of just worn down from these last three games, because in the earlier part of the month, they had those statement wins and just those feel good wins against the Avalanche, against the Bruins, the Penguins, the Lightning. 
And it, for some reason, it just seems that that kind of, you know, and every all everyone was drawing lines to that team meeting. Well, do they need to have another team meeting? It, it appears that they do because ever since T.J. Oshie announced that he had it, they were playing great for a long time. And now it seems like they've lost their way. What went wrong? We'll talk about that a little bit later here. It's just, uh, it's, uh, it's just almost unexplainable how they can be so hot and cold. And you hate to use that word trap game all the time, but it really seems like that is what is going on here. All right, we will talk about the game after the break. But first, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on a family vacation. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for the summer adventure. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars are puffs are covered in 100% chocolate. That means that Built Bars, can you can eat healthy and actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs yet? We are going crazy for the puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like churro and they're only 140 calories? Sign me up. If that's not good enough for you, then you may want to try a mixed box. The mixed box comes with 12 flavors and the puffs. Built Bars make sure that there is something for everyone. Know what the favorite flavor is? Pick one and describe it how you like it. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream bite, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all so delicious. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, before we start this next segment here, I want to thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcasts, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we are going to break down the game tonight. Uh, there's not a lot of highlights in this game, mostly a lot of lowlights. Vanacek and Net versus Varlamov. It was the second game without Ovi. And uh, it, it's it's a tough situation when you don't have Ovi in the lineup. Uh, he was at the morning skate, but uh, they decided not to play him. And uh, the story being told still is that it's an upper body injury. It appears to be his left shoulder uh, that got messed up in that fall against the Maple Leafs. And it remains to be seen if he will play uh, for the Rangers, uh, against the Rangers rather, or if he's going to play in the playoffs. We still don't know at this point. Uh, I guess a lot will be determined tomorrow uh, if he's practicing and what color jersey he's wearing, etc. So we're really hoping that he does get a chance to play. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, like I said, was in net, and I think that that was the right move to make. I know that the Capitals lost by a big margin tonight again. But going back to Sam Sonoff does not seem like the right idea to me either. They, um, you know, this is the situation that Peter Laviolette did not want to be in. And he's getting into that position is he's going into game one of the playoffs coming up here soon. And he still hasn't figured out who his number one netminder is. Can you think of any worse scenario out there is that you know that both of your uh, goaltenders are iffy at best. 
So you're going into the playoffs and kind of almost flipping a coin. Is it Samsonov or is it Vanacek? They've been both equally inconsistent. It's a scary feeling to think about um, as we go into the playoffs here. So Axel Janssen-Fialbi was back in the lineup for the first game in a month, and he brings those wheels out there and that that speed out there, and that really helps um, because Hagelin, when he's missing out there, they need him to kind of fill in on that role. I know that um, they had uh, Larson in there to kind of fill that role, but with Ovechkin out, it's kind of... It's kind of uh, switched the lineups a little bit. So the Caps line against the Islanders was Shiri Kuznetsov and Oshie. So they had McMichael playing in the last game against the Islanders on the top line uh, in Ovechkin's spot. And now they put Shiri. So Shiri Kuznetsov, Oshie. And then on the second line, Johansson, Backstrom, Wilson. Third line, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, Eller, Mantha. And then Larson, Dowd, and Hathaway. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a thing that's a bit scary, too, is he doesn't still seem like he has a set line. He keeps juggling the lines as we go throughout the season. And I know you do that to a certain extent, but you got to kind of solidify that as you go into the playoffs here. I mean, so you don't have a number one netminder and you still are unsure of your line pairings. What is going on? Can we really expect a great outcome uh, as we make it go uh, into the playoffs here? Because let's face it, whether it is the Panthers or the New York Rangers, it seems to me that they have their things figured out a little bit better than we do. They know that it's going to be Shesterkin starting in net. And uh, the Panthers know it's probably going to be Bobrovsky starting in net for them. So they have two of the biggest things figured out. And when they ask the Washington Capitals, well, who's your starting net minder? They're going to be uh, Vanacek or Varlamov, or excuse me, Vanacek or Samsonov. I'm not really sure. You know, so that's not an ideal situation to be in. And uh, I just, you know, like I say, they they really, they got to find a way to figure this out. So Brock Nelson starts off the scoring from Barzell from the right circle. The Islanders are up one to nothing. Islanders go up two to nothing with 426 left in the first. Lee scores with a four on three. And there was just all sorts of defensive breakdowns and all that kind of stuff going on in the game tonight. So it would be easy to just point your finger at the netminder and go, that guy was the problem. But not totally. There was a lot of defensive breakdowns and some really poor penalties. Uh, as Alan May talked about in the first intermission there, he was saying that all the, all the penalties that were called in the first were pretty much illegitimate penalties. They were just, you know, especially that one against John Carlson. So I hate to be the guy that is, seems like the sore loser and going, well, the reason that we lost was because it was poor officiating. But, I mean, some of those, I mean, you can't really dispute, especially that penalty against John Carlson. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that one against Nick Backstrom as well. You saw Nick Backstrom getting pretty worked up out there as well. Um, you know, that one's a little bit more iffy. But, you know, it just seems like a lot of these calls that were, you know, 50-50 were going against uh, or they were going in favor of the Islanders and against the Capitals. So we really hope to get more consistency. And I know throughout all of major sport that they talk about the problems with officiating and it seems to be uh, it is an issue tonight as well. So then to start the second, the cap special teams has now allowed five goals over the last two games against the Islanders, four power play goals and one shot on goal. And uh, it just seems like a breakdown altogether for this Washington Capitals team and just at the wrong time. And I don't understand the hot and cold nature of this team. You know, they had that stretch there 
towards uh, late March, early April, where they were playing kind of poor. And then all of a sudden they had that team meeting and they started playing a lot better. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying, that hot and cold, it's hard to go into these playoffs and think, you know, this Capitals team is going to make a run for it. I mean, I will say I was like a lot of Capitals fans. It was riding high after that series against the Lightning, the Bruins and the Penguins. And then later on, they picked up that huge win against that upset against the Avalanche. But now a lot of my hopes have been dashed a little bit. You have Ovechkin out of the lineup, and it seems like the net-minding situation is worse than it's ever been. So it's just a, a little bit worrisome as we head into the playoffs here. And then there was kind of that freaky moment where Pelic was slammed into the boards by Shiri. And at first, it seemed like it was Shiri that caused the injury to Pelic. He kind of got slammed into the boards, but then you see you saw Salo stepped on Pelic, and it almost looked like an Achilles. Uh, injury at first there, but he ended up coming out later in the game. When I was watching that, I was thinking to myself, there is no way that Pellet comes back out on the ice after that. It looked like a horrible injury, and it looked like Salo's skate went right over the top of his Achilles tendon. And you know, that is, you see those um, um, kinds of injuries before, and now they have sorts of uh, guards over their skates to help prevent that, or excuse me, on the back of their skates uh, to help prevent that. So, But in that particular case, I think just the angle that he was at wouldn't have really helped them. And then to start the second, it seemed like Vitek Vanacek was a little bit more dialed in. Vanacek was sharp in the second, and the Caps were getting a lot of shots on net, but not finding the back of the net. And I mean, that's going in the right direction, but that's not getting any points on the board. So it seems like they were getting their opportunities. They just weren't making good at it. And then if you look at a spray chart of where they were getting the goals from, they were still getting them kind of from the outside parts of the rink. They need to get more shots up front and maybe some distance shots to kind of mix it up a little bit. But whatever they're doing right now, that's up to uh, Peter Laviolette and his coaching staff to figure it out, just to really pour over the game film and figure out what went wrong because losing these two games, especially against the Islanders, is very disheartening. I know that they lost that one recently against the Maple Leafs as well, except the Maple Leafs are a really good team this year. So that was at least a little bit more understandable. So then Pellick was back in the game, and then Fialbi gets cross-checked double minor on the aisles. And I that you know, that's when I was talking about about the officiating. Um, it took a while for them to call it, but Fialbi was just getting hammered in the corner there. And he's a you know, I gotta give it to him. They were just really slamming him with the hockey sticks there, and he was he was standing up to it pretty well. But at least the the refs got it right on that one. To start the third, Pajot. Beats Vanacek, blocker side, aisles three to nothing. And, you know, Varlamov has got to kind of be sitting back in his net going, I'm going to get a shutout. I'm going to get a shutout against my former team. Because you never really get rid of that, you know, that wanting to stick it to your former team. And I think that to a certain extent, that's what Varlamov was going through. And then as uh, FP Santangelo would say, Fialbi gets a goal to break up the no-hitter. There goes the no-hitter. Axel Janssen Fialbi scores his second goal of the season. He now has four points on the year, two goals, two assists. Capitals rookies have accounted for 32 goals this season, tied for the fifth most in the NHL. And that was primarily from the beginning of the year when there was COVID issues and injuries. If you remember all the just the carousel of different players that went through this Washington Capitals team. It was Leeson and Protus and Snively, just a, a lot of different players out on that lineup. And it, I mean, they were getting some great goals in there, but uh, you know, it's not sustainable like uh, JJ Regan was talking about. And that's why it was kind of a short lived victory. Uh, 
you know, with them getting their, their goals to a certain extent. I mean, you can, they get goals from time to time, but you really can't count on those goals from those younger players. And that's what you need. You need that consistency out there. You got to know that the guy that's coming out there is going to be able to score, score goals for you, or you're not going to win the game. All right. After the break here, we are going to talk about the road ahead. Yes. The Washington Capitals face the New York Rangers, but first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering and information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, in this last segment here, we are going to talk about the road ahead and the tough decisions the Washington Capitals have to make. The Capitals play the New York Rangers tomorrow. And that's like I was talking about earlier in the show. It's going to be a difficult game. The Washington Capitals, these last two games are what I would consider must-win games. And they lost them both. They lost them both convincingly. The New York Islanders should feel pretty good about themselves. I mean, they were out of it. They have no chance of going to the playoffs, but they still found a way to win. And, uh, you know, uh, to a certain extent, I think for the New York Islanders, they were playing for pride in future jobs. Um, And just to kind of, you know, like I say, if you get to the point where you're an NHL player, you have a certain level of pride. You know, you're not playing hockey just because you're doing it as a hobby. You want to go out there and win. You know, money can be a motivator, but you still want to win at the end of the day. And uh, I don't think that this Islanders team is is as bad as they appear on paper. I know the record doesn't really indicate it, but if you kind of look into the New York Islanders, they had a lot of issues earlier in the season with COVID. And uh, some games were canceled or they were rescheduled. And uh, I just think that that kind of put them in a hole right away in the beginning of the year, because you got to think Barry Trotz is running that team. He's pushing the buttons, pulling the strings. And you saw what kind of effect that he had on the Predators and what kind of effect that he had on the Washington Capitals. You got to know that he, you know, is doing the best that he could on that Islanders team. And I mean, just look at him. They're kind of pouring it on a little bit late in the year here. Uh, if the Islanders would have been playing like this earlier in the season or even a couple of weeks ago, they might be the ones going to the playoffs and the Capitals might be uh, picking out the, their tea time. So, I mean, like they said in that 24-7 Capitals, Penguins, uh, Road to the um, Winter Classic, a team is never as bad as they are in their lowest point, and they're never as great as they are at their highest point. And that just kind of exemplifies exactly what I'm talking about. The Capitals earlier in the month seemed like they were riding high in the greatest team, and now towards the end of the month, it seems like they're one of the worst teams out there, to be honest with you. Just rule, really poor play, contrast with the Islanders. They were playing earlier, uh, poor earlier and now kind of pouring it on later in the season against a Washington Capitals team that on paper should be playing a lot better than they are playing. So now they have to plan for the Rangers tomorrow night or tonight as you listen to this, and that is going to be a tough test for this team. The New York Rangers are a team that are coming off a rebuild. Uh, it was like a year and a half or so that they kind of struggled, but they were at a point with the Rangers where they were like, this is not working before they went into the rebuild. So they just kind of tore it all the way down to the studs and started all over again. And they struggled a little bit at first, but their one consistency was net minding. Uh, they had just in net there. 
and uh, and they just found a way to win with him primarily. And then they had some younger players, some younger players that had uh, good goal scoring, but they lacked a little bit of snarl. They lacked a bit of that physical presence. So they picked up Ryan Reeves amongst uh, some other uh, tough guys on the team to kind of make them a little bit more well-rounded out. And I think that that Rangers team is going to be a tough one to play against uh, if the Capitals end up playing them or honestly, whoever ends up playing against them. They seem like a team that's playing pretty well. And uh, like I say, they, they're a team that did it the right way, the rebuild. It wasn't like this big drawn out thing like it was with the uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings, which I don't even know if they're really in a rebuild or even take a look at the Blackhawks. How many teams have fallen from grace? Take a look at the Chicago Blackhawks, for example. They were a dynasty for years. Take a look at the Detroit Red Wings, a dynasty for years. Look at them now, cellar dwellers. They're looking up at the light going, get us out of here. I don't know if there's a lot of hope for those teams, and that's what the Washington Capitals do not want to face, but that is what I'm scared of as we go into this postseason because, as you know, if the Capitals make an early exit, there will be a bunch of changes. That window that you hear is open, and that win now, you can throw those cliche t-shirts in the garbage or put them in a rummage sale if you feel like recycling, because it's there's going to be some changes. Are they going to move Alex Ovechkin? Probably not. Nick Backstrom? No. But there's going to be some faces that you're going to have to be okay with them moving. You might see TJ Oshie go. You might see John Carlson go. You might see some of your favorite Capitals players leave. Because they're facing a rebuild. Because what the product on the ice right now is not working. So what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing again and again and again and expecting a different result. So if they keep going with this same group of players, how can they expect a different result next year? Now, I know what you're going to say. Dan, netminding. If they just got a different netminder, that would fix everything. Not necessarily. I've seen some great netminders go to some really poor teams and guess what? Those teams were still poor because if you got poor defense and you're not getting any run supporter goals, you're still going to be a poor team. So the Washington Capitals and the Washington Capitals fan base at large better hope that this Capitals team plays decent in the playoffs or you are looking at a rebuild, if not next year, soon. It is looming. Now, I know that there were certain promises made to Alex Ovechkin by Brian McClellan to say that if I stay on this team, I want to stay, I want to play on a winning team. So I don't know if it's going to be a total rip it down all the way, but I do think that there are going to be some big players moved on from in the offseason, this offseason, if the Capitals make an early exit, especially if they make a first round exit. Unacceptable. This Washington Capitals team, the D.C. area, doesn't have any tolerance for failure like that. I mean, it's been quite a few years before this team uh, didn't make the playoffs or if they made a first round exit. You know, and uh, the the expectation ever since 2018 when they won the Stanley Cup, that bar was risen. It was, you know, that's the expectation is to win a Stanley Cup. You know, they're not content with just going to the playoffs anymore. They expect a far run in the playoffs. So if the cap the, if the Capitals don't make it to the Stanley Cup, they better make it deep in the into this uh, playoff series, or you will see changes. Mark my words. But the biggest thing that they need to address, and it's not a novel thing to say, and I've said it at nauseum, is goaltending. I don't care who it is. I don't care if they part with both of them at this point. They've been both playing so poor. They just, at this point, I am beyond bewildered why they will not give Zach Fukali a shot. I know what I hear that, you know, Dan, you're just a fan of the team. You don't know what the coaches see. You're right. I don't. But I know the product I see on the ice is poor. How are they going to turn this around? How are they going to turn this Washington Capitals team around? 
you know, it's a bit worrisome. You, you play the New York Islanders for two games that should have been assured wins, and they found a way to lose them both. And to be honest with you, I'm a little ticked off right now. We're heading to the postseason here, and this was their chance to do it. That window is still open, but guess what? It's getting pushed down tighter and tighter and tighter every year until it's just going to be unavoidable. And, you know, like a lot of people have said, you don't want to wait till it's too late. Otherwise, you will be the Detroit Red Wings. You will be the Chicago Blackhawks. It just kind of wanders around in the wilderness for years trying to find an identity. I don't want that to be this Washington Capitals team. I want them to be a team that can find a way to win. Primarily, that's the biggest thing. Find a way to win. But if they cannot find a way to win with this group of players, the fan base has to be okay with them moving on. You've got to be. It's just not working anymore. And I know there's some sentimental feelings attached to a lot of these players because they followed them for years. And that's the, a lot of the players were the same guys that were on the 2018 Stanley Cup. All good things must come to an end. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope they make a push. And God dang it, I hope they win a Stanley Cup. But if they don't, the Capitals fan base has got to be prepared to make changes and it's going, it's, it's going to happen. And I know that it just doesn't seem like it's possible, but if you don't think it's possible, if you want to bring this a little bit closer to home, take a look at the Washington nationals, a team that won the world series in 2019 is you can't even uh, name half any of the guys on the team. There's Juan Soto and a bunch of guys that they've pulled in from around different teams, a bunch of guys you've never heard of before for the most part. You know, and I know they're looking for an identity and they have Josiah Gray and Kbert Ruiz and, uh, you know, that they have uh, uh, some potential players that are in, coming along, but that is going to be a long rebuild. And what have you seen there? The learners want to sell that team. You know, they, they kind of know that they're going to be losing money when there's half a stadium full of fans. What's that? What's going to happen to the Washington Capitals at Capital One Arena if they start going through a big rebuild and it takes forever? Half full, uh, half full arena? How long? I mean, the stink of that is going to take forever to wash off. So that's what I'm saying here. It's just to come to Jesus moment here with the Washington Capitals fans and the players to get it together or expect changes. Count on it. All right. This has been the Locked On Capitals podcast for today. I want to thank you so much for joining me. I hate to get all worked up about this, but, you know, it's just... This was their chance to, to leapfrog and, and jump ahead of different teams, most notably Pittsburgh in the standings, and they're blowing it. And, you know, I hope I'm really wrong and I can eat my hat and they play really well against the Rangers tomorrow and just give this team a boost. Give them a little swagger in their step because right now I feel like they're downtrodden and they're kind of caught up in their own head. They don't deserve that. This is a great team. It is intrinsically a great team. They just got to find a way to get their identity again. And, you know, I just think that they made a lot of poor decisions Why, by going all in on Vanacek and Samsonov, and it's biting them in the butt right now. And who's surprised? I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? All right. So uh, make your next listen locked on NHL. You don't need to go to the NHL Network or ESPN. We have our team of local experts. We're going to keep you updated on all the news around the league. So if you're a Washington Capitals fan or whoever you're a fan of, head on over to Lockdown Now. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Lockdown Capitals. I'll talk to you next time.